So today I thought we would have a bit of a flashback Friday because not too long ago, and that's the good thing about kind of being mindful, right? That's what mindfulness in this program is all about. It's just to get yourself constantly stopping, reflecting, and pivoting, right? So back in January, I was helping you out with how to create good habits. And lo and behold, in Ramadan, many of us were trying to kind of get rid of those bad habits that we've acquired maybe from January that we thought we were going to have a new year, but it hasn't quite worked out as we thought it would. Or maybe we're just carrying that bad habit for years. Either way, doesn't matter. Like, don't beat yourself up. Whatever happened in the past is in the past. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help, everything is possible. So today we're going to work on how to create some good habits in Ramadan. Like what are the keys? What are the secrets for you to do that? We're going to give that all away and let you know exactly what you have to do step by step so that you can have a better Ramadan and like lay off the guilt and just get into the actionable stuff. We got you covered. Let's go. All right, so today uh, we're going to do a little twist. It's going to be fun. So I'm going to tell you about a funny thing that happened to me in Dubai when I was living in the UAE and um, how that's connected to habits because I attended um, not a seminar. I want to say it's more like a professional development on something that um, was being given by Stephen Covey. Do you guys know who Stephen Covey is? He is a non-Muslim productivity expert. And I was in his... Um, I was in his professional development and I was like, how is a non-Muslim giving this professional development? This sounds like the Quran and Sunday. It was ridiculous. So I'm going to tell you about that in a second. But today in our podcast, what you're going to do is you're going to walk away with understanding kind of what um, makes a habit possible to have. Like what are the key ingredients to make sure a habit sticks for you and becomes part of your lifestyle because habits are things that we're doing consciously. We don't want it. We want it to be unconsciously. We want it to be part of your lifestyle. Like how you wake up and you just like tripes yourself to the bathroom and you brush your teeth or you brush your hair, or you take a shower. Like those things are so unconscious. Kind of like when you drive to work and your mind goes off into the distance and then you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm at work. How did I get here? I just drove here the whole way. You were like on autopilot, literally driving to work. So those types of things are things you can just do naturally without any difficulty. That's what we want for you. And by the end of this podcast, you'll get some really, really key ideas on how you can get that going. Inshallah, bismillah. All right. So the first thing I want to tell you about habits, um, whenever you want to change your own behavior, you have to kind of make sure that things are being done in a way that's going to make it easy for you. The majority of people make habits hard. And so there's small little things you could do that will make something easier. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's not unrealistic what I'm going to show you. It's not undoable. Um, at the end of the day, I would suggest you still know your why, because knowing like why this is important to you is really important. So we are doing actually a habits challenge. Actually, the habits challenge is just probably ending today. Um, so shout out to all the women on Thrive who are doing that. Um, we do have um, the website, like I said. So, so if you guys want to know how to get more information on everything that we do, www.mindful-muslima.com. You can get like consultation calls and the book club link and you can get so many free classes and our membership is there to kind of get inside the international one. And subhanAllah, um, 
women were doing the habits challenge and just like going through like why they haven't been successful. And we do those challenges every month there and the winner gets a hundred US dollars. And so inshallah, in a couple days, we're going to be assessing who that is. But when I was in there reading the comments, I was just like so impressed with how deep they're going. So the first thing I suggest for you to do is to go deep, to really understand why you need to have this habit in your life, why it hasn't been successful in the past, what are the consequences of you not having this habit in your life? For example, let's say it was it was um, you're always um, you know not exercising. Well, why is that affecting you? Well, that that is why it's something important to you. Well, it's something important to me because you know it's affecting my energy levels during the day. Okay, and like what are the risks of not fixing that? Well, if I don't have a high energy level, I find my praying is happening in a lazy way, or I find I'm not really getting all my things done on my list because I'm too tired and I'd rather veg out on Netflix. I mean, the why and the what of things is really key. It's going to drive you through the hard days as you remind yourself of them. So the first thing I would say is get a grip with yourself. Sit with yourself. Why is this habit important? Why have I not been able to do in the past? Just be super honest with yourself. And what are the risks of me not fixing this in my life? So once you get that drive that motivation, because that's what most people lack, and then it leads to procrastination, um, that is something I would say bottom line foundational, all right? And the ultimate purpose of habits is to basically solve our problems of life with as little effort as possible, right? And so any habit can be broken down into, into just getting this done by making it um, easier for us to do. I'm in New York City, guys. I'm sorry. It's like so loud today, no matter what room I go in. So apologize for the uh, background noise. Making it more attractive and also, you know, making it super easy to do. What I would suggest for women to do too is when you're done with a habit or you've accomplished a habit is to reward yourself. That is something to look forward to always. The other thing I want to say is, um, it's really important that you're mindful. One of the reasons people don't succeed in habits is that they're just not mindful. They're not keeping track. They start this thing like, oh, I'm gonna start going to the gym, but they don't keep track of themselves going to the gym or not, you know? And so subhanAllah, um, like my husband's always excited when January um, comes in, sorry, not excited, right? Because the gyms fill up and then he's just like, oh, the gyms are filling up and everybody's gonna try to, you know, have a better habit now of working out, but they're gonna make all the machines filled up and now I can't go in the machines. And then he follows it up, but by February, they'll all be gone because they'll all give up. And that's kind of how it happens, right? We all have this great idea. But the thing is, um, we lose the drive, we lose the motivation, life happens, we're busy. And so keeping track and keeping mindful. A lot of you guys see, even on my YouTube videos, I have planners. Every day I'm checking in with myself in the morning and the night, sometimes in the middle of the day. Because I'm constantly asking myself, checking with myself, journaling with myself, like I don't get too far off track. I might have a bad day. That always happens. I have kids. I mean, kids wake up and they're like, I saw this thing on TikTok. Um, somebody had one. It was, she was a non-Muslim. She was just being funny. And she was like, some guy was like taking an ax and he was chopping stuff up. He's, she's like, this is like you plan your day. And this is like your children coming to chop up your entire plan. <laughs> she's like, one's like, I don't want to wear that outfit today. One's like, I don't want to go to school. And then they're just like peeling on the floor. You are going to totally be on time. You were up early with your coffee, but no matter what, they're just like, we're going to do what we want to do today. And then your whole day is destroyed. Or maybe like you had your whole day planned and then like you couldn't find your keys and it made you late. And then that made you late for something else. Like it's, this is life, right? So anyway, alhamdulillah, um, habits and just, you know, making sure that you're keeping track of them once you've started them, another foundational thing. So the first one I would say is to have that motivational why and what and have that conversation with yourself. Don't just listen to this podcast. 
and not have that conversation with yourself. Like legit pause, have it with you. I'll wait right here. Have it with yourself and come on back in, right? And like I said, if you didn't already catch the one before this on how to get rid of bad habits, that's important because like I said, you want to bring on good habits into your life when the bad ones are already there cluttering up your space. They're just going to self-sabotage. They're going to take you away from that. Make sure that you have gotten rid of bad habits. The profit piece we upon him suggested that first, um, and then you will bring in the good ones. So let go of those sins, make talba, whatever it is. If it's like binge watching Netflix, if it's like... Um, staying up late and not waking up early for Fajr, like get rid of the bad habits first and then bring in the new ones. Don't look at praying Fajr as a good habit to bring in. That's a bad habit of not waking up to get rid of first because the truth is like this will just, your whole day will spiral into a negative way, right? So I wanted to tell you a little story of when I was in Dubai, um, when I was in um, professional um, development on Stephen Covey, like I mentioned. So I'm sitting there in the professional development and the woman who was giving the presentation, she was from Syria and she, w- she wasn't wearing hijab or anything. So I wasn't sure if she was practicing. Then I'm like, is she Christian? Am I, you know, not thinking of, it wasn't important to me about her. I wasn't trying to like figure her out as another female. What I was doing is I was trying to understand if I could ask her some questions that she would understand me because as she was giving <laughs> the presentation, and for those of you who don't know, like, you know, Stephen Covey, he's very famous. He has a book, The Seven Habits of Successful People. So she was doing the training on The Seven Habits of Successful People. And because I work with a lot of schools and I was working with schools and organizations in Dubai and helping to build um, and form teams for them. And I do a lot of consultation work and so forth like that back when I was living there. Um, we were doing this professional development uh, with the with the other people that we wanted to train. And so I'm there and I'm listening to her and I'm like having my head tilted to the right and I'm, I'm like my eyebrows are scrunching up and I'm like, hmm, what? Like Stephen Covey is clearly a non-Muslim, but the stuff he was saying was so Islamic. I was like, there's a Quran. Wait, there's hadith on that. And so today I thought I would kind of dive into my notes of what I noticed were exactly from that. Because if you have ever read that book, you might have felt the same. This sounds so familiar. So by the way, at the lunch break, I traipse on up to her and I'm like, I'm so sorry to bother you. Love your presentation. It's really good. I just had a quick question. I know Stephen Covey is a non-Muslim, but is it just me or did so much of what you just say reference the Quran and Sunnah? And she's smiling and she's like, Stephen Covey absolutely read the Quran and was very familiar with the Quran and Sunnah. I'm like, no way, subhanAllah. So yeah, and then no Muslims don't know about this, right? So I thought I would just do a little treat here and make some connections with you. I'll kind of give you a summary of the seven things he says in the book and how it's related to the Quran and Sunnah. Sound good? Because you can use it to form good habits. And so I'm going to basically tell you what the Quran and Sunnah say about habits. All right, Let's do it. So the first one is um, being proactive. So the first habit he touches on is being proactive because highly effective people improve their lives um, and they can influence other people rather than just being reactive to external things. And that's what we've always tried to teach here at Mindful Muslim, especially in the whole past month about um, emotions. Most women are just in reaction mode, right? They're like gut reacting to their husband's nasty comments and then blurting out stuff to him and feeling guilty about it later. Like, okay, what he said was annoying or hurtful, but I probably could have handled it better. I did kind of 
you know, do X, Y, Z. So, um, or our kids, you know, we don't want to yell at our kids, but gosh, they're riling us up. They're making us feel anxious or really angry. And then we talk a certain way and we're like, oh, I said I wasn't going to yell at the kids today. You know, like we are becoming people that are just reacting instead of responding. So knowing that that's the case, change in this world starts from within. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously said that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not change the condition of a people until they change what is in themselves. And that's in the, the Quran 1311. So you see his first thing about being proactive, about being mindful and recognizing what you're doing and, and this change that comes from within was very much from the Quran. It was amazing. The second habit that he touched on was to begin with the end in mind. And that is actually, I live by that, live. And if you are a mindful Muslim team member, Shout out to you, first of all. I know who you are because we have a lot of team members. Um, a lot of you guys have been applying to our jobs. Um, we Our jobs are pretty much done, but we do have some intern positions left. If you're hearing this podcast, I think we're still looking for like a YouTube editor, um, another one, um, I think Pinterest. We're considering people for that right now. We're going through all that. And um, for people who want to work with influencers and stuff, like that, we're doing a couple of different things. But the point is, whenever I design anything for any teams, it's always with the end in mind. I start with the goal at the end, whatever we're trying to reach for, and then I build backwards from there. It's also referred to in the educational space as backward design. And so I teach this also to people and I do like different consultations and reviews and stuff worldwide when I work with um, companies and organizations. So he said that too, like begin with the end in mind. And that's actually what the Quran and Sunnah tell us to do, right? Um, begin everything you do with this clear picture. So for example, you have this ultimate ultimate goal. So that's why if you've come to our book club, we start by renewing our intention. If you've been on a consultation call with me and ask me for advice, we begin by renewing our intention. One, it's a sunnah, but also we're setting the intention that we, our goal for this call, our goal for this book club, our goal for this team meeting is such and such. So it's really, really important that you have the goal in mind. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, um, oh, who have believed, fear Allah and let every soul look to what it has put forth tomorrow. So looking ahead is something and keeping the end in mind to where we're trying to get with what we're doing is very, very key in the Quran and Sunnah. So the third habit for Stephen Covey is putting first things first. Now we're going to be asked about our priorities in life. This is where many of us struggle, right? Um, especially for those of us who want to be productive in society. Like as women, we go to university, we we put all our energy into studying and, you know, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a pharmacist, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to be like whatever it is that we feel we're going to be. And then we put so much energy into it. But then we prioritize that and we kind of put marriage to the side kids to the side. Maybe we're not as good to our parents as we could be. Maybe we're not so great with our time and our prayer with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we're just so busy. Do you see what I'm saying? That's not putting first things first. That's actually backwards. But it's what we do because we're many of us, we're, we have the Western influence of us, you know, having to be career driven or very powerful or empowered. And empowered can have a different definition depending on who you're asking. According to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our ultimate purpose is ibadah, right? Is this worship that we're supposed to do. So putting first things first, we're going to be asked about our priority list. Choosing to do something before another wrongly could put us to the hellfire, right? And um, this is something important to think about. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, everyone will then know what he has put forth and kept back. 
And that is from the Quran 82.5. And by the way, when I referenced um, for the beginning in mind, if those of you um, were wondering, I was referencing the Quran 59.18. And number four, think win win. So I, when I was sitting there inside of the professional development, it was just thinking about being considerate of the feelings of everyone. So win-win in a marriage, what does that look like? Win-win in like a parenting situation, in anything. You know, do not always look for our happiness first. That's really hard because in the Western world, we're taught whether you're watching, even if you live in the East, by the way, I don't mean to exclude. Even if you live in the East, there's that Western influence. It's called the TV. It's called YouTube. It's called like Rasulullah almost like he said, there will be a time where they will bring the suq into the house. Many uh, the many scholars, they think it could be like these things brought into our homes, like these ideas and influences like the TV or the or the phones or the, the computers or like all these venues and, and social media apps and YouTube. Like this could be that thing that will be a destroyer of us and just make us focus on the wrong things in the wrong order and then also um, make us be very self-absorbed in the sense that we're worrying about our happiness. You know, he has to think about my rights. When my, I've heard m- women say this a lot. When my husband gives me my rights, I'll give him his. A'udhu billah, sisters. This is not from the Quran and Sunnah. It's not about a husband-wife thing or an oppressive thing. It's about a human thing. We're never, ever supposed to wait for anyone to give us our rights before we give them theirs. That is not how it works. Because when we die, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will only ask us, about the things that we gave to other people. Those people, when they pass, you know, may Allah have us all have a good ending. I mean, Rabbi Alameen. Um, they'll get asked about that because Allah is al adil, He's most just. I'm every day waking up going, Allah, I want to give everybody their haq. I want to give everybody their rights. Help me do that. And I know when I do that, you will be pleased with me and make my life easy. But many people, they're looking for their rights, especially, you know, if everybody should know their rights, that's really important. I'm not saying to, by the way, let me just clarify here. I'm not saying to be oppressed. I'm not saying to be abused. I'm not saying domestic violence is okay. Like, I'm not saying any of that, so I don't want anybody to read into that. I'm trying to say is if we spend it more egotistically where we're just focusing on us getting our stuff first, you know, we don't always look for our happiness if it makes other people suffer. Even when people do horrible things, we have to respond in a way that the Quran and Sunnah require of us. There's nothing in Islam that says women should be oppressed. That's a big Western lie, right? But at the end of the day, we have to know that we have to create boundaries for ourselves, but always sometimes we're going to do things that may feel uncomfortable or may feel like we don't feel like doing them, but they're the right thing to do, right? It's like um, it's like when you go shopping, right? And you have to return the cart back to the cart place where the carts go. Do you know what I'm talking about? But you're like, oh, I really want to. I'm just going to leave it right here where I could block a parking space and somebody else can't park. Like that's not considerate, right? Um, so the, the, the Sahaba, they used to be worried about even when they used to become like, oh, I'm thinking of Omar radiallahu Omar, you know, when he used to be um, Khalifa, he was like, I was worried about even something in the road that an animal could hurt themselves on it. And then like, or any, any animal even got hurt, I was going to be accountable. Not even just people. Like he would take it down to the level of like all creatures. I am accountable. Like the level of accountability that the Sahaba had was amazing. So when we talk about habits and just bringing it back to habits, we're talking about this lifestyle thing. It's a little bit different than the Western habits of like, oh, I'm going to, you know, be on time more often. For us, it is deep. 
it is something rooted in our in our um, Islamic culture. So, you know, repel evil by the deed which is better and thereupon the one whom between you and him is enmity will become as though he has a devoted friend. The Quran 4134. And so that's really, really important that we think win-win. It's not just about us. What is that well-rounded approach? The fifth habit that Stephen Covey talks about is to seek first to understand, then to be understood. Again, totally Quranic. This is amazing, subhanAllah. And so what I want us to put in our mind is, this is really good for misunderstandings, especially with spouses. I know a lot of you guys know when we did our whole um, marriage boost class, and yes, we have an entire program that many of you have joined. Shout out to you if you're with us in the marriage boost program, learning how to connect in intimacy and learn how to learn how men think. And exactly how to touch their hearts, um, be better in intimacy and loving connection with your husband or your potential spouse. We have it in there for women who are looking to know how to be the best wife and have the best marriage um, in a well-rounded sense, not a one-sided way. And also women who are already married looking to improve their marriages. And so, yeah, this is a real, real thing that we need to work on and seeking to understand your spouse, seeking to understand your child, seeking to understand that Muslim friend who you're like, mm, she just, I know she didn't say that just now. I know she didn't do this just now. You have to try. I have to try all of us to understand the other person. Sometimes the thing that they're saying that feels really hurtful to us, if we're focusing on us and how it's impacting us, we're missing a lot Oftentimes, sometimes people are saying things because they're coming from a place of pain. And understanding that would be like, oh, that's why you said that, right? But we're not really doing that sometimes. So in Islam, you're prohibited to cut others' talk before they've finished it. You always must listen um, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet said in this regard and to understand where they're coming from. So the fact that we're just cutting on people, and I have had this in the past too, you get so excited, whether it's in a positive way or a negative way, and just really, really want to talk to the other person. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls us to be merciful. You know, he himself is merciful and we're supposed to have these. And the prophet, peace be upon him, was merciful to people. He didn't go at people. He wasn't edgy with people. He wasn't like, do you know who I am? I'm the prophet. You know, our prophet is giving us the best example of how to deal with difficult people. He went into Mecca and Medina dealing with these aggressive uh, Quraysh people in his tribe that were even sometimes his own family members. Yes, so many of you contact me. Even in the consultation calls we do about family members and how hard that is, right? And we talk about that. I feel you. I know what you're going through. And then we talk about how to have a better response. And so, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Seek to understand and we hear and we obey and wait for us to understand. It would have been better for them and more suitable. The Quran 446. All right. The, sec the sixth thing that um, Stephen Covey talks about, and this is where we're getting to the end where you're like, it's, it's really, really nice. Like in the beginning, it's just like getting yourself together. And by the end, it's like sharpening synergizing. It's really, really nice. So he gets to the sixth habit, which is synergize. And through that mutual understanding and trust, one can often solve conflicts and find a better solution. And so in terms of habits with this, it's like, you know, I know that my habits, going back to when we were saying um, seek first to understand and think win-win, you know, the habits that we create, they can't, they can't harm anyone else. So for example, it's hard for me too because I'm a mom, right? And we have to have life balance. A lot of you guys want to know about life balance, right? That's why we're going to have the entire class on it after Ramadan, inshallah, get excited. But what I want you to 
think about till then is when you're going to prioritize your 2022 goals, I want to make sure and you want to make sure that they do not harm other people. Like for example, I want to go to the gym, I want to work out, I want to be healthy, but is that time that I'm carving for myself going to cut anyone's rights? I don't mean that your time isn't precious and you shouldn't come first. I'm just saying it really can't be at the expense of something that we are in care of. We are all shepherds of our sheep, right? So just be really, really careful with that. So as we're synergizing, we're thinking, how can we make it all together? You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lets us know to look for solutions that are are, are good to obtain. We want to make sure, for instance, like he says in the Quran, and cooperate in righteousness and piety, but do not cooperate in sin and aggression. Sometimes when people are coming to make solutions for you, um, shaitan is testing you. He wants to see if you're going to choose to to bring things into your life, that balance, that synergy, um, in a way that will compromise a principle that you have, a life principle. I'm never going to do that. But then he's like, but maybe if you do this, it'll be good for you. And you're like, well... Not compromising your dean, not that that can mean like, you know, I'm gonna go to university. I'm not gonna go and mix in areas where I shouldn't mix. I'm not like the habits that we form. Like, okay, I'm gonna make a great habit for studying, but that studying involves me doing something haram. Not okay. You see, like we have to be really careful that when we're doing that balance, that synergy of whatever we're gonna achieve for ourselves in that year, that we don't do it at the expense of something that will um, displease Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So do not cooperate in sin and aggression. Quran five two. And lastly, I love this one: sharpening the saw. So um, in the Quran, you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala never commands us to request the addition of anything except daily um, additional knowledge or skills. You know, we should constantly sharpen our saw. That is just like constantly learning and pioneering. And so, like that's why one of the things that we're really big on in Mindful Muslima is providing tools, because most women do want to sharpen their saw, right? They do want to become skilled up. They want to know better ways of parenting, better ways of finding a spouse by the Quran and Sunnah, better ways of fixing their marriage, better ways of managing their emotions. And soon we're going to have you, we have all those things in programs and classes already, but then um, in our school, but then after that, we're going to also bring that. We, we realize that those are great, but people want to how to balance those. And so, like I said, we're going to bring a class for the life balance and habits and to stop procrastination and stop and you know start being more motivated we're going to go deeper into that but what I want you to do in the meantime is I want you again to think about well what are the little ways I could do it now I said I'm going to come up with my morning routine and my evening routines where I'm doing those I'm dabbling I'm sprinkling little ways you know and we constantly ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase us in knowledge my lord increase me in knowledge the Quran twenty one fourteen. And so we should be endlessly developing our quality. How can I be a better wife? A lot of girls, they want to get married to the right spouse, but I ask them and and they're really honest usually in their answer. I'm like, do you think you're going to be an amazing wife? They're like, well, I think I kind of might be. I'm like, what is the definition of an amazing wife in the Quran and Sunnah? What are the qualities you should have? What are your husband's rights? What are your rights? They're like, um, I think maybe I watched a YouTube video, (laughs) you know? You talking like that tells me that you're just missing so many elements and I'm worried for you. I'm worried for you because I've seen women just go on that alone and there is a ton of other things they're excluding and they're they're not having all the tools. Do you want to see what I do in my daily life? If this podcast is great and everything, but you're like, what does that look in her real life? Catch me on YouTube. We're going to be doing more day in the lives because you guys request them. And if you have any more requests for things you want me to do on day in the life, DM me on Instagram. Very curious to hear what you guys want. All right. Love you guys for the sake of Allah. I'll talk to you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.